0: The crypt doors creak and the tombstones quake. Some Happy haunts
1: materialize and begin to vocalize. Grimy ghosts start to socialize.
2: Hello and welcome to the Holiday Moon Podcast,
3: where we share our love for the holidays with you year round. This is Sydney. This is Beth, and I'm going to be sharing some fun facts about Halloween.
0: This is Cole, and I'm going to be talking about what kind of things scared me and us when we were little around Halloween.
3: Mm.
0: This is Randy, and
4: I will be discussing the Monster Mash song. Fun. Fun. Very fun. But we begin our podcast with holiday happenings. This past week, I had the opportunity to go to San Francisco, and I've had opportunities in the past to go there, but I... I was never able to make it work out where I could go to the Walt Disney Family Museum. So this time, I made sure that I had time to do that and had time available on the day it was open. Because it closes on Tuesdays or some odd day like that where oh. the last time I tried to go there, I went. I tried to go on that day. That was the day of the week I tried to go. And they happened to be closed. So I learned my lesson this time. Uh, went a little early on Sunday so I could go to that museum. So it was a really interesting museum. It's in Presidio Park in San Francisco. It overlooks the bay, overlooks the Golden Gate Bridge. So it's in a really nice location. In fact, when I went, they were having a huge outdoor festival of some sort on the lawn, the Presidio Lawn, which is right in front of the museum. I couldn't figure out what actually it was, but, you know, it looked like a lot of families and food trucks and things like that. So I went to the museum, got a ticket and, you know, self-guided I think you can get some um, headphone things if you want.
2: Did it look like a house or did it look like a museum?
4: The Presidio buildings are interesting. They look like large townhomes. Okay. All connected together. All brick.
3: Interesting. It looks
4: like one long row of buildings that all connected to each other. And then they're sectioned out and bought separately. So there's multiple Businesses next to each other, mm-hmm. so the museum's kind of just one of the businesses in one of the sides, and it goes pretty deep in multiple levels. So okay. I mean, they're pretty big buildings, long mm-hmm. buildings to go along. So in the front part, they have a lot of the awards, like uh, you guys probably have seen the famous Oscar awards, where they have the Oscar, then they have the Seven Dwarf little yes. Oscars. <laughs> they have that there, some of those kind of famous ones. But you basically go through the life of Walt Disney from the time of his parents before he was born that story and walk through the life all the way th- up to his death is kind of the end of the museum through all the cartoons through his trying to get businesses going through the, his success in cartoons and then moving on to um, the bigger movies both live action and cartoons and then to the parks so you get to see all the, the initial concept thoughts there's a lot of video A lot of interaction. I am a skimmer in museums. (laughs) Beth is the one that helps me slow down. So without her there, I was kind of skimming along. And I I think I spent, I don't know, probably a couple hours in the museum.
3: I was going to say, it all sounds fascinating. I'd love to walk through and just be able to see a lot of that stuff. There's
4: so much detail in there of their home life, of their uh, life as a family, uh, life before kids, life after kids. Even the life of their kids when he was still alive that I had not seen before. So that was kind of interesting to get to see that. Some of the things that he did at home that wasn't well known in the outside world, like collecting miniatures and things like that that I was not aware of until I read it in here. So it was a lot of information because I follow a lot of Disney podcasts and blogs and I read a lot of books about Disney. I knew a lot of it, but not all of it, and certainly had not ever seen it in the form that I had seen as and they included people that were important to him as far as other imagineers, you know, people okay. that were important part of the studio. They included the story of how he met Lily, his wife, and you know that their kind of courtship. So a lot of interesting kind of things along the way too. So I highly recommend it. If you're interested in Disney and seeing his successes, his failures, and how his failures really spurred him to push harder for success, right? They didn't, like, cause him to feel back. defeated. Yeah, he, he really pushed forward.
3: Which is a huge character quality. Yeah. Because a lot of us, I mean, I think if you experience failure after failure, you think, okay, well, maybe this isn't meant to be or whatever. Right. Or I should go a different direction. But if I think people that have a vision like that are just... They're really tenacious. People like Walt Disney just fascinate me in that respect.
4: Yeah, it's a great museum. I I know the family put it together in a time shortly after his death when some negative things were coming out about him. And they wanted a way to get the actual story out about how he was a really good dad and husband and, and things like that. So that really comes out in the museum as well. While I was in San Francisco, I was actually staying near Fisherman's Wharf, actually in Fisherman's Wharf. So I had the opportunity to walk up and down the wharf and kind of see what that was like, too. It was very touristy along the way. There are some sections, if you go a little further down, that aren't quite as touristy. But it was fun. There was a lot of music, a lot of live music, activity. Um, I went to the original Ghirardelli stores.
3: Yeah. What? Yep. Yeah.
4: And they, they have a Ghirardelli Square, which is like a whole... <laughs>
3: Amazing. I think that's mom's dream Square in the city <laughs> And in
4: there There must be Four Ghirardelli Ice cream shops Oh
2: my gosh
4: You know how like in Disney the, A lot of the rides Dump you out into a Souvenir store Yeah, yeah. Here a lot of the stores Dump you out to an ice cream shop That
2: is hilarious Yeah it was funny It yeah. was funny Because
4: I was like Wait there's another ice cream shop And then I went somewhere else I'm like oh there's another ice cream for, shop For a
0: second I thought you were going to say Each ice cream shop Dumps you out into another Ice cream shop Yeah <laughs> <laughs> so, so. Yeah so That was fun to uh, visit that.
4: And then uh, one of the activities I also got to participate in while I was in San Francisco was they took us to San Francisco Giants baseball teams park, which is now Oracle Park. Oracle sponsors the park, and we got to watch a movie while sitting on the field, looking up at their Humongous, I think it's like 72 feet by 153 feet. That's amazing. um, High definition video display. So we watched Mission Impossible Fallout on the screen, and they gave us blankets to sit on along the way. So that was fun. They
3: literally gave them to you.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And they're really cute. Yeah, they are. Like, um, when you were showing me, that, it, it looked like a little duffel. Yeah. And then you pulled it out, and it's actually a blanket. And you can throw the whole thing in the wash. Right. And it's very, it's very you nice. You can pack it. Yeah. Easily. Very easily, yeah. yeah.
4: So it was fun to be on the field. You know, I got to go on, You know, near the bases. They had the baseline kind of a little fenced off just so that we didn't mess up the, the baseline. But we were kind of in the outfield looking back towards the screen. So that was fun. That is fun. So that's our holiday happenings for the week. We will turn it over to you, Beth.
3: Well, I was thinking that it would be fun to get some fun facts about Halloween. It would be fun. It would be. I accessed two sites. One was parents.com. The other was 10best.com. And here are some fun things about Halloween that you may or may not know. Or maybe you'll learn a little bit more than you did know. Mm -hmm. So today's Halloween is a cultural mashup. What? Is it a monster matchup? I don't think so. I don't know. The Halloween holiday that we've come to know and love is a combination of several different celebrations from different cultures and religions at different times in history. The ancient Celtic peoples celebrated Samhain. Samhain, which marked the end of the harvest season and the time when the boundary between the worlds of the living and the dead became blurred and ghosts visited the earth. After the Roman Empire conquered the Celtic people, their festivals of Feralia. I think that's how you say it, Feralia. A day late in October when the Romans honored the passing of the dead. And a day to honor Pomona, the Roman goddess of fruit and trees, were combined with Samhain. And there's some Catholic holidays ended up like All Hallows' Eve being in there. So there's just a big mix of what makes Halloween today. Dressing up in costumes was once a way to hide from ghosts. The Celts had a lot of these really awesome traditions that they brought to us. Mm -hmm. The tradition originated as a way for the Celtic and other European people to hide from the spirits who returned at this time of year. People wore masks when they left their houses after dark so the ghosts would think that they were fellow spirits.
2: Yeah, because they're dumb.
3: They're spirits? Yes.
2: (laughs) Yes. Uh, Shout out to the jack-o'-lantern and Scarecrow and Nutcracker (laughs) podcasts. Ghosts are very easily
0: scared. (laughs) Just like the devil in all those folk tales was very easily tricked. Well, I mean, he pulls
3: out trees and... (laughs) Okay, so... He gets turned
0: into coins.
3: (laughs) Another interesting fun fact is that the jack-o'-lantern comes from the Irish legend of Stingy Jack. Now, Sydney, I think last year, had done a more lengthy yes. discussion about Stingy Jack. I'm going to bring it down to a very short version, but I still think it's just a really funny legend. The legend has it that Stingy Jack invited the devil to have a drink with him, but Jack didn't want to pay for the drink, so he convinced the devil to turn himself into a queen. Instead of buying the drink, he pocketed the coin.
0: I would have loved to hear that conversation, <laughs> yeah. of, of him convincing the devil to become a coin.
3: Oh, I can't, on, I can't pay, so could you just, could you be a coin?
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how you, but how do you convince someone to like, be a one you want? It sounds like it was like a long conversation, like he had to take time to convince him.
3: Right. Instead of buying the drink, he pocketed the coin and kept it close to a silver cross in his house so the devil couldn't take shape again. He promised to let the devil go as long as he would leave him alone for a year, and if Jack died, that the devil wouldn't claim his soul. After a year, Jack tricked the devil again to leave him alone and not claim his soul. Basically, the devil is a really gullible being in this story. Right, if I, as I remember we from thought. Sydney,
4: there are several versions of there
3: this. There are. There are, yeah. So this is just one of many. You, yeah. Can, yeah. you can look it up. When Jack died, God didn't want such a conniving person in heaven what (laughs) and the devil true to his word so jack was sent off in the night with only a burning coal to light his path he placed the coal inside a carved out turnip and has been roaming the earth ever since People in Ireland and Scotland began creating their own versions of jack's lanterns out of turnips, beets, and potatoes, which were prevalent in that area. The tradition came to the United States along with the immigrants, and people began to use pumpkins, which are native to North America, for lanterns instead.
2: Yes, and as we talked about, and I was doing that, they're very much easier to carve.
3: They were exactly. Yes. what are Exactly. Pumpkin. Oh, yes, it's
4: okay. <laughs> yes.
3: So trick-or-treating comes from something called souling. Like several other Halloween activities, the tradition can be traced back to the Middle Ages and the rituals of Samhain. It is believed that ghosts and spirits walked the earth on the night of Samhain so people would dress up as spirits themselves in an effort to fool the real deal into thinking they were one and the same. Which we talked about a little bit ago, right? Nicole,
2: didn't you have an episode about Samhain? Didn't you go into more detail about that? Yeah, yeah, I
0: did have an episode about that. And that's flipping through to find out.
4: Right, actually, I think that was... The first episode you did Halloween history up until the 1890s. Yeah, so I think that was episode that was one one point one, the very
0: first wow. episode we did oh, last so year.
3: Funny.
0: A little, almost a year ago. Yeah, so this is a, a fun, fresh reminder. Then, right? Of yeah, of that.
3: but you could go back and listen to that. That was very interesting. Yes. So doing that was called guising. If you think about disguising, right? Oh, interesting. So it's guising. Guys. So, guys. guys, Let's go
0: put masks on. We'll call
3: it guising. I think
0: think that's why it was called guising.
3: Yeah, that's it. (laughs) As the Catholic Church started supplanting pagan festivals with their own holidays, the act of guising became popular, and poor children and adults would go door to door, dressed as angels or spirits on halomas, begging for food or money in exchange for songs and prayers. This was called souling. S O U L. -L 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 Souling. The earliest known reference to the phrase trick-or-treat in North America is from 1927 in Alberta, Canada. Okay, so in Des Moines, they have a tradition called Beggar's Night. So the night before Halloween, young children in Des Moines go out into the street for Beggar's Night. According to an article in the Des Moines Register, the event began around 1938 as a way to prevent vandalism and give younger children a safer way to enjoy Halloween.
2: That's a, a whole other.
3: Vandalize. I was going to say, that's a whole other topic. Yeah, Vandalism in Des Moines before 1938. Sometime we'll have to look into that. But beggar's night is very similar to, to regular trick-or-treating except kids are required to tell a joke, poem, or perform a trick for a treat. I think this sounds so much fun. The best part—the jokes are notoriously groan-worthy. Like, if April showers bring Mayflowers, what do Mayflowers bring? Pilgrims. So it's kind of like dad jokes, yeah, like just silly dad joke kind of things. I'd give it. Uh, (laughs) It's so fun. (laughs) So they have to earn their candy. That's right. They have to earn their treats. I really don't know what this has to do with vandalism. Like, no. I don't know how this kept. Um, I imagine someone saw this.
2: No, I could see someone overreacting and then a community coming together.
3: That sounds like a hallmark show.
2: <laughs> and it sounds like comes the community together. came together.
3: <laughs> All right. Finally, candy corn was originally called chicken feed. What? Yes, I love this. It makes sense, but. It does because. Chickens are fed corn. Yeah. So when it first came out, it was created in 1880 by George Renninger or Renninger. And it was sold by the Golitz Confectionery Company, which is now Jelly Belly. Really? At the turn of the century. And because corn's what used to feed chickens, the creation was called Chicken Feed, and the box was marked with a colorful rooster. So I wonder why. It ever stop being chicken feet. That sounds like a fun thing. You have a rooster. You have some. That that does not sound fun. Candy corn sounds much more whimsical. Sounds like just candy and corn. It it kind of sounds like the Shazam thing. So there we have some holiday fun facts. There are others out there. And I will bring some others later at a later podcast.
0: You know, it's interesting. I think we, do we all like candy corn around the table here? I do when it's mixed with uh, peanuts. Yes. That's I like when green. I like it too. Yeah. I
3: don't like it just to sit and eat candy corn, but if it's mixed with peanuts, it becomes this amazing, delicious It treat. has to be salted peanuts. It has yeah. to be salted peanuts and the not sweet. dry with salty Which is interesting
0: because for me, it's easy for me to just grab some candy corn like if it's in a bowl. I wouldn't sit down and eat it, but I could eat it without peanuts. Like, I eat it by itself. Could you eat it for a meal? No, I couldn't eat it for a meal. <laughs> it's interesting. It can, candy corn kind of has the texture of hard wax. Kind of does. Like, does but in yeah. a fun way where it's not too chewy. No, yeah, yeah. And it's it doesn't not, stick to your teeth necessarily. Yes. And it's, yeah, it does a good job of not sticking to your teeth, which a lot of candy does. Yeah. I actually, I really didn't like candy corn when I was little. Did you like candy corn when you were little?
3: It was
2: fine. It wasn't a... Th- I didn't enjoy it until we until the combination of peanuts and candy corn for that sweet and salty
3: craving. When did we start that? That was a long time
2: ago.
0: Oh, yeah. I've done that
4: for a long time. But they probably weren't allowed to have it until they were a little older. Yeah, we yeah. probably
3: didn't just put candy out when no. they were younger. That's true.
0: No, that would have been. I mean, you could have put candy corn out. Like, I wouldn't have touched it. but
3: Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, so that was an interesting thing that I was thinking about. Because we have a little bowl of candy corn out now. Candy corn and peanuts right. out now. So I'll just grab some of that candy corn. Uh, but it was always it was always definitely a Halloween thing, yep. which I think candy corn is. Mm-hmm. Um, it it's was, not just chicken feet anymore. It's not just <laughs> chicken feet anymore. It was <laughs> not one of the candies that I looked forward to, like when I was out trick-or-treating when I was little. Because... Right. Like a lot of little kids didn't like candy corn. No, I
4: didn't I don't think I like candy corn as a kid you could get little
0: packets of it, like in your trick or treat bag. Yeah. 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 I I have
2: never seen that. Yeah, that was
0: always disappointing. I I got I got (laughs) I remember getting little packets of candy corn, uh, even when I was little and it was something that I was never interested Mm -hmm. in receiving.
2: Must have blocked it from my memory. You
0: blocked it from yeah. That's right. Remember, I blocked a few, uh, a few houses from my memory on the, the trick-or-treating trail yeah. when I was little. <laughs> there's definitely a few houses that you guys were like, go get the candy. And I was like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, no. Yeah. because I think, When I think back to things that scared me around Halloween when I was little, I think houses, like th- some decorations, mm-hmm. definitely. And I'm talking like little, little. Right. But old enough to be able to like walk around and trick-or-treat.
2: Oh, so not like one.
0: Like 11.
3: Somewhere between 1 and 11. <laughs> <at> like
0: 17. <laughs> when I was trick-or-treating when I was 17. <laughs> you guys thought I was working, and that's why I was missing all those Halloweens. But nope, the, the truth is I was out trick-or-treating. Um, but there's definitely a few... When I was going back and looking at things that scared me, there were definitely a few different types of decorations that stood out to me that I... I think I Google image searched scary Halloween decorations just to sort of pop it up. And I was like, oh, yeah, a few of these did actually scare me when I was little. Uh, So a few of those were anything that had people hanging or suspended.
3: Hmm.
0: Really freaked me out when I was little. Like anything that had people, not even necessarily by like their neck or anything like that. But any kind of like suspended... Uh, skeletons weren't too bad because they usually looked more fake, but anything that looked like a person that was hanging, I was not on board with when I was little. Oh,
3: that's interesting.
0: Yeah. Uh, what are some, can you think of anything, any kind of like decorations that may have scared you when you were
3: Well, I little? know that we only I mean, had really cute decorations for Halloween. We never had scary decorations. Yeah, in our house. In our house. Right. And I don't think we ever, I did growing up either.
0: Well, I'm not no. talking about you guys. I'm talking about like when you were out trick or treating right, or something right, like right. that. Yeah. yeah. No, so, I
3: don't think I don't think my neighborhood ever had scary things like that.
4: Yeah, I mean, when we were growing up, I mean, you're talking like paper skeletons. Yeah. There wasn't like a lot of realistic stuff. Although I will say that they just started to make when I was a kid um, those little um, um, kits that you could buy where they had some fake blood in it. So that was great for like the Dracula's, right? So you can do a little bit of fake blood um, on the face and things like that. So we started to see that when I was in elementary school um, that that first came out. And of course, the wax um, teeth, you vampire know, the teeth. werewolf with the vampire kind of teeth in it, uh, those kind of things. To be honest, I was more afraid of the dark when I was a kid. So our house for trick or treating that was accepting kids but was dark. Was a house I did not want to go to. I was like, nope. Yeah, <laughs> I don't need to go to a dark house because if it's dark, you know something's going to jump out at you. Yeah, yeah. and I didn't like the dark to begin with as a as a elementary age kid, right? So yeah. the idea of do I really want a Snickers from that house or could I skip that <laughs> right, house? Yeah. Right. Yeah, but because I was often with my brothers, they would just drag me along or whatever. So um, if I was with my parents when I was younger, my mom wouldn't ever make me go to a house that I I didn't need to go, to, didn't want to go to. But a little bit older, I was required to.
2: (laughs) At least you were in a group, right? As long as you can run faster than the slowest person, you're. Yeah, that
4: didn't matter when I was a kid, man. I I still have some pictures in my head of some of the dark houses from Mm. when I was probably five or six, four. Four, five, six, that kind of time frame. Oh. That were, they were dark and they had, you know, somebody would jump out or something would, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. mm -mm. I
0: was not on board with any house I had to go into to get candy. Yeah. I was not a big fan of Well, and we learned last
4: year that the tradition used to be that you would go inside people's houses and you would spend some time talking to the people is hilarious like you really theme. had to work for your treat in the old
2: days yeah, yeah. Not, not even give a joke right? <laughs> you had to like have a whole conversation yeah exactly yeah
0: what about you Sido?
2: um so a couple things so i we actually have a picture of me now as a just a little toddler hiding underneath at one of the chairs as trick-or-treaters oh came that was you not thing i was not happy with any of
3: that yeah i just noped out of all of that um when I It was so <laughs> cute. It was a kitchen chair too. Yeah. Like she just went over, she was so tiny. She would never just sat under a chair.
2: Yeah. <laughs> that was great. Yeah. And then um, when I got a little older I remember things that were significantly like would loom over me. I didn't really like like the skeletons and stuff I weren't wasn't really fond of.
0: Spiders. Yeah, spiders. Anything with spiders or yeah. big webs.
2: Yeah. In fact there's a little aisle in Target with a bunch of fake big spiders and I refused to go down. <laughs>
3: <laughs> it's still an issue. Yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> I even remembered, Dad. I don't remember where we were. It might have been a Disney ride. But at the time, they had a big spider at the end of the ride. And it was blowing air, so it looked like it was moving. And you had told me that there were no spiders. So, I think, afterwards... That I remember yes. that. Yeah, I think it might have yeah, been. Yeah, I think it was yes. Haunted Mansion. Yeah. I think at the time, they had this big spider, or a couple, and afterwards, you told me that you tried to um, yell an apology at me Yeah, from, you from and the a, little
3: doom buggy. You and I were in a doom buggy. Yeah. And Dad and Cole were in the yes. doom buggy. And when we went past it, I was thinking, uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> there is someone. And I remember you saying, there's a spider. I'm like, it's okay. It's way over there. Because yeah. I think... He-
4: yeah, I remember that. No. I remember the spider in the Jungle Cruise. You go through that scene in the water where you you go, you go
3: into the cabin the cavern. Yeah,
4: uh, and there's a big glow in the dark kind of spider there. I didn't remember. I don't remember the one in the haunted mansion. I'm pretty, I'm
3: yeah. pretty sure there was one. I'm pretty sure
4: there was one. They think, took it away though. Yeah, yeah. I feel
2: like was it was. Yeah. yeah, so not very <laughs> fond of those. And I also remember this is when I was a teenager going to like a, a haunted, haunted haunted house. Haunted house. Haunted house. So this haunted house was I guess presented, created by Liberty University. They didn't like do anything like super scary, like I think like other haunted houses. Yeah, Yeah, other haunted houses do. Yeah, but I still didn't like it. I stuck behind dad the whole time. (laughs) And I would push you towards They did like an element of surprise. Yes. It was it was of that.
0: Yeah, to give you a little context. It was kind of a Christian based thing right Right. like they had like a little they had like a message afterwards for you guys i didn't want to go on this one because i think this was after dad took me to just a straight up gore fest of a haunted house but we went we went with somebody we went with several other fathers and sons yes to this thing i was not prepared for i wasn't either how bad it was yeah because i think I think it had been recommended by right. another guy in the group. Yep. I'm not going to say the name, but I'm pretty sure we're thinking of the same yep. person. And there were people like lying on tables with their guts, like, guts oh, hanging out, like, screaming, okay, yeah. and oh no thanks. It was yeah. it was a lot. Yeah, yeah so this was, was
2: definitely not that. It was definitely um, the element of surprise. And we went with a youth group, and we had a bunch of, like, teenage girls. Mm -hmm. And they kind of aimed towards them because they would scream so loud if someone thought something jumped out at them. So They were very excellent for
3: the haunted house. Yes. Because they were very reactive. Yes. Yeah.
0: Yes, that's right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, another thing that really scared me as far as decorations went was anything that looked like a trap. When I was a kid, being trapped by something or in something was just like terrifying me so anything that looked like a net or that you were supposed to like fall into a hole or something like that or going into a house so some of the places we went to uh, we took you guys to like a um
4: subdivision to go trick-or-treating because yeah. out here we live you know in the woods there's not a lot of neighbors right near us but mm-hmm. some of those subdivision homes were like decked out oh, they yeah. were like yeah. crazy And some of them were, like, nice decked Mm -hmm. out, and some were the spooky, scary decked out. Yeah. So it's probably in some of those, as you're talking, Cole, about the things that
0: frightened you, I'm thinking, I can kind of remember some of these things along the way. Yeah. And it was interesting. We just, like, vetoed some of those (laughs) houses. Yeah, yeah. You're like, nope. We were just (laughs) like, nope, I'm not going to go there. Yeah. Not worth it. Yeah. No, it wasn't yeah. worth the candy. To... Well,
4: and you guys never went to many houses, so maybe this we is. Ne- we know. <laughs> you always complain about that.
1: You <laughs> we
4: go to like five, ten houses, and you're like, okay, we're done. I'm like, oh my goodness. We, we when I was a my day. I it. We went to every
0: house possible, except for the dark ones that I didn't want to go to. <laughs> but the funny thing is, if the house had like. Several or a scarecrow that actually made me feel better. it the, had what? A scarecrow as decorations. So oh. a scarecrow because wasn't scary. For I you. liked scarecrows, so it was sort of Oh, okay. What if it was yeah. a scary scarecrow? I scary scarecrows didn't scare me that oh, okay. much. Yeah. Really when I was little. So scary scarecrows was kind of like the diffuser for me that's funny. Of scariness because yeah. I've always liked scarecrows.
3: And you know, with Dan and I we never took you to scary ones either. Like in the subdivision. Yeah, if they were
0: like overly scary, we're like, Yeah, "Yeah, let's just skip that one. We
3: would never take you guys There were there there were
0: some that I think we thought were scarier than you did. That you'd take us over to like the front of it and we'd be like, Nope. (laughs) (laughs) There's something about that you didn't like. No. Yeah, exactly. Whether it was like a maybe a very specific element that we you know, we talked about like you had a better idea of what maybe scared Sydney more than me because I wasn't a very vocal yeah, you Child? know what, something I did, not I wonder if this was true for you guys too, when the person giving off candy
4: was dressed up, I did not like that when I was a kid.
2: Oh, I didn't care.
4: Oh, you didn't, even if they
0: were dressed up scary? If they tried to interact with me, like, yes. more than saying, like, Happy Halloween or something like that, Yeah, I didn't want to have an interaction with them. Mm-hmm.
2: You just
3: hand over the candy.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I remember... Um, yeah, well, I think we're thinking house, of the same thing. Yeah. It was, like, lightly decorated. We went up, and there was a lady who was behind this mask that she was holding up to her face. Now, it was, like, a pumpkin mask, so it wasn't a scary mask. But we would say, trick or treat. So she moved the mask off of her face, and she said, Happy Halloween, and then went back hiding behind the mask. So I remember standing there for a second, I said... Uh, happy Halloween. Then she gave me candy. And Cole noped out of that situation. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, I remember I just stood there and stared at her for, like, I don't know, a few seconds or something like that. Yeah. And then she didn't do anything. So I was like...
3: Well, you I, asked. I, I if, turned
0: her, I turned around and left yeah. before you asked. Yeah. yeah.
3: But you said, can I get a piece of candy for my brother? He's shy. I mean, they were, you were pretty little at the yeah. time. Yeah, you guys were little. And um, when Cole got back, I looked down at him and I said... Why didn't you stay and get candy? Because it was just up a, it was up a sidewalk, and we didn't go with you. And he said, it wasn't worth it. <laughs> and, and, uh, and so then Cindy came back. I'm like, so what happened? <laughs> she, said she, she wanted us to guess that we were supposed to say happy Halloween. Yeah, and no.
2: It's like, okay. No real clues, and she wouldn't give me an extra piece of candy. So yeah, like, yeah, she said no. For, so.
0: for Cole.
4: Yeah.
3: yeah. I'm like, man. That's yeah, that always remind that me harsh.
4: when Lucy... Says to the person, kind some extra candy for my stupid, stupid brother. brother. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, in, so in, embarrassing.
3: Um, in The Great
0: Pumpkin, Charlie Brown. Yeah. Around Halloween time, of course, they were always showing scary movies on TV. And me, often unsupervised, would go up and watch scary movies.
3: Right. No. He wasn't often unsupervised. No, it's 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 it sounded like you said
0: Yeah. Yeah. It it makes you guys sound like absentee parents. (laughs) I know.
3: So often when we weren't around, you would go ahead on up and watch an inappropriate. Unbeknownst to us. Unbeknownst to you guys.
0: I would watch TV, which is where I was able to expose myself to things that weren't all like nice and sheltered like you guys would have liked. So there were definitely... Yeah, that's, that's great. That, well, it's fine now. <laughs> I turned out all right. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> but there were a couple of standout movies that I had watched around Halloween time that definitely stuck with me for a while. And these was, were on TV? And these were on TV that scared me. I actually didn't watch the classics until I was a little older. By the classics, I mean like nightmare on elm street friday the 13th halloween sort of what you would think of as the classic horror movies around halloween time but i remember watching the miniseries it when i was very young with pennywise the the murdering clown that lived in the sewers you were just you were just shaking your head over there
3: we did our best to keep you (laughs) in a Place of not... I didn't even have scary decorations. And you're up there sneaking up In, in fairness,
0: some horror movies I watched at friends' houses, too. Yeah, I was gonna say, yeah. Yeah, yeah because if you think about that who I was friends sense. with when I was around that age...
2: Yeah, you guys never just let us watch TV. of the right.
0: age. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, then the other movie that stuck... That one stuck with me as being very scary. When I go back and watch it, it's... The miniseries is hilarious... And also exceptionally boring at the <laughs> same time. it's yeah, funny when you look back <laughs> yeah, at those yeah. things. Not scary when I go back and watch it. Uh, the other one was, I don't know if you've heard of Dead Silence. It's the one where the woman was like murdered and buried with a hundred ventriloquist dolls. So, that's
3: so funny. I never heard of it. <laughs> nope.
0: So that one was a horror ventriloquist dummy <laughs> movie that I watched when I was... Probably too young. And probably? <laughs> yeah, probably <laughs> when I was probably too young. That one stuck with me a little bit. Again, going back and watching that as an adult, it does not hold up super well over time mm-hmm. as far as being scary. But there are a lot of things when you're little or younger. I think I was about 11 when I watched that, so I wasn't little. I would see when I was on the internet, that was back when you had to watch trailers and stuff to access like sites. Oh, okay. They hadn't really figured out advertising on the internet well, so there were always horror movie trailers on the internet, and they always freaked me out. I didn't have to watch the actual movie, because a lot of times, these trailers were scarier than the actual movie. Yeah. Like, the trailer for Chucky, the movie with the murderous doll, was was pretty scary, but when you watch the movie, it's like, this is dumb.
4: Yeah. I remember watching, in 1979, the Amityville Horror. Yeah. It does not hold up well. No, at the time, I w- that was really scary. And then in '82, Poltergeist came out. Yeah, that was super scary. And most, I think, those were scary to me because they were in people's homes, like regular people's homes, in mm-hmm. both cases. Um, so that those both scared me. But when you watch them later, you think, "Wow, this yeah. is pretty bad." I mean,
0: Poltergeist actually holds up. Pretty well, uh, as far as a horror movie goes. I think that was one of the first ones that started the scary clown kind of. Well, it um, movement, it did yeah. not hold up compared to how scared I was at the time. That's true. It's <laughs> it's not going to scare you know fifty year old Randy <laughs> as much no, as scared no. however you uh, <laughs> old you were at the time. Correct. <laughs> as you slowly move your iced tea <laughs> so it doesn't make bumping noises. But yeah, that was those were some of the, the things that I could think of that scared me around Halloween when I was a kid. So it's interesting to me that when we were talking
4: about what scared you as kids, it wasn't the monsters. It wasn't like Frankenstein or Werewolf or things like that.
0: No, I didn't even watch like the old like Boris Karloff mm-hmm. movies when I was little. Which was unfortunate because they're classics. Right. So... It would, have been, it would have been really cool to see those when you were little and yeah. grow up with those. They yeah. were classic, Mom. but they weren't no. overly scary. They weren't overly no. really scary. I'd say probably Werewolf and
4: Dracula were probably the two that I was somewhat afraid of as, as a kid.
2: Oh, and just to clarify, who is Frankenstein?
0: The scientist who made the monster.
2: Thank you. Some Not the come, monster. Himself. Yes. Some people confuse this. Let's just
3: make it clear right now.
0: that's true that's true
3: people equate Frankenstein with the monster right but it's Frankenstein's monster yeah the monster
0: would just be whatever the German name word for monster is
3: yeah I actually remember reading that book
2: Frankenstein really yeah I haven't read that one I've read
0: the original Dracula which is really good yeah uh, but not the original Frankenstein. Yeah. But there's a whole song that
4: talks about all these monsters well, really? together. There a are
3: song? It's like that a song. Is it catchy? It's like a
4: mashup song. Does oh. it? Are, are there rhymes in it? Do, things, are, do things rhyme? There are some <laughs> rhymes. I'm a sucker for rhyming. There's, <laughs> there's even a dance in it. And just to give you a little flavor, I'll just talk through the first few lines of it. I was working in the lab late one night when my eyes beheld an eerie sight. For my monster from his slab began to rise, and suddenly, to my surprise, he did did the the mash. mash. He did the monster monster mash. mash. So, this is obviously from Dr. Frankenstein's point of view, Mm -hmm. and he's having a monster party. This is verbatim. (laughs) Like, this is what actually happened. (laughs) (laughs) This is a song called The Monster Mash. Which was
0: released in 1962, actually. So many, many years ago. And it's very well known. Like, I don't know many people who don't at least know what the Monster Mash is. I didn't actually listen to it the whole way through until I was an adult. Yeah, but I knew what it was when I was a kid. Yeah. Even though I've listened to it many,
4: many times. I never really paid attention to the lyrics beyond the first maybe one or two <laughs> yeah. set of, of... It's the chorus. It's, it's the, the chorus. That, it's the yeah. chorus that you know, right? And it's fun. It is fun. But we will put the whole song at the end of this episode so you can listen to it and listen to the words this time along the way. The guy had a who,
3: jolly good time.
4: Right. The, uh, <laughs> the guy who wrote it, his name was Bobby Pickett. He was a Korean War veteran and an aspiring actor. But he was working evenings as a nightclub singer, entertainer, uh, with a band called The Cordials. So the the story goes that he would sing a song that was called A Little Darlin," It was popular back in the 60s, I guess. uh, Late 50s, early 60s. And there's a um, speaking part in the middle of it. And during that speaking part, at some point, he started to do a a Boris Karloff impression during the speaking part. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Which was not what you were supposed to do. And Boris Karloff was the... Um, he was known for playing the monster in many Frankenstein movies. Mm. Right? So he was kind of known for that. And he kind of have like a deep voice that you'll hear when you listen to the song. So he would do that voice for that speaking part. Well, I guess people just thought it was hilarious. Oh. It was really popular when they would do this. So that's what came to mind when he said, Oh, I could do more of this and actually just do a whole song in Boris Karloff's voice as Dr. Frankenstein, singing in the style of the day. So he actually uh, he decided to write a song with his friend Lenny Capizzi, I think his name is, and they wrote the Monster Mash song, and he based it on, obviously, the story of Frankenstein, as Cindy was talking about from the 1818 novel by Mary Shelley, where the Dr. Frankenstein creates a creature who comes to life but what he actually has created is a monster. So it's a very sober story. But in this song, the monster throws a big dance party. Which is attended enthusiastically by many other creatures from that same time frame. So throughout the song, Pickett is imitating Boris Karloff as Dr. Frankenstein. So they wrote this song in about two hours. Wow. They recorded it and sent it to a one of the lead singers for the Hollywood Argylls who... If you are familiar with an old song called Alley Oop, Alley Oop, Oop, that song. If not, you can look it up on YouTube. But they sent it to him, the the lead singer of that, Gary Paxton, and they recorded the song with Paxton and some others, background singers, and it was an overwhelming success. They actually distributed it in California first, and then from there it went international. It's actually a dance song. It's meant to be danced to. And it was originally based on the mashed potato dance craze. Oh,
3: I wondered, yeah.
4: Which is where the mash part of that title comes to. So the original title was the Monster Twist. But because the twist craze was kind of on the down slide, uh, it was kind of fading. They went to the mashed potato and created the monster mashed potato. And then they settled on the monster mash. Very wise. Very interesting. That's funny. I didn't know that that's where it it came from. So a lot of the special effects in the song, you'll hear bubbles and you hear a coffin opening. They had to do those effects in studio while they were singing. So the coffin being opened was made by pulling a rusty nail out of a lump of wood with a hammer. The bubbling sound actually came from blowing air through a straw in a glass of water. I remember doing that as a kid with milk and getting in trouble for doing that. I also remember that. (laughs) (laughs) But with with my mother. (laughs) The sounds of chains were made by dropping chains onto planks of wood. So this song is, is one of the most successful novelty songs of all time. It reached the top 100 music chart three times. The same song, no, no changes. So in 1962 it dropped on October 20th. Um, it hit number one right away. It re-entered the Billboard Hot 100 in 1970, so eight years later peaked at uh, number 91. And then it entered the billboard again in 1972 and went all the way up to number 10. Wow. So the song itself has sold millions and millions of copies and continues to be a Halloween favorite at parties and things like that. It actually didn't do as well in the United Kingdom until 1973. So it took about a decade before um, it hit number three in the United Kingdom charts. So that was kind of interesting. It's been uh, used in several TV shows. Some that people know today, like The Simpsons. Some older ones, like Cheers and Happy Days. Um, it's been used in movies, like Halloween 3 and Sweetheart's Dance. And there was actually, in 1995, a Monster Mash the movie, starring Pickett, the writer, as Dr.
0: Frankenstein. that's, oh, that's Was it, interesting. Was it an animated one? I actually don't know. I, don't, I didn't look up to see. If it is what I think it is, I might have seen this Is that before. right? Yeah. Oh, that's funny. Boris Karloff, the person who Pickett was imitating, actually
4: loved the song, so he actually performed it in his own shows.
2: Oh, that is hilarious. Um,
4: so that was I thought that was funny that he because sometimes people you imitate don't appreciate the imitation, right? But uh, in this case, he, he actually really enjoyed it. So also interesting of note, the person who played vampires Dracula in some old movies was Bella Lugosi. Right, so that was the name that some people may recognize. Well, in the, the song itself, Pickett actually does a Bella Lugosi impression when there's a one line in the song that says, whatever happened to my Transylvania twist? So that's Dracula asking, why are we doing the Monster Mash instead of the Transylvania twist? So I thought that was funny that he switched impressions at that point to, that to be accurate, quote-unquote accurate, along the way. So so it's a fun song, and I think that most people recognize the chorus, not necessarily the, the lyrics, other than the first part. Yeah, but, the first
3: part is very right easy to remember. But it's a whole
4: story about the monsters having fun at a uh, monster bash. So um, I encourage you to listen to it after the end of this podcast. So we'll end our time today with future festivities for the week of October 7th. October 7th is Frappé Day. October 8th is Pierogi Day. Pierogies are very popular in Pittsburgh. October 9th, Curious Events Day. October 10th, National Angel Food Cake Day. October 11th, World Egg Day. October 12th, Old Farmer's Day. Not to
3: be confused with New Farmer's Day.
4: Young farmers, Mm middle-aged farmers, no?
3: Yeah.
4: October 13th is the Jewish Day of Sukkot. As always, you can follow us on social media. On Twitter, at Holiday underscore Moons. On Instagram, at Holiday Moons. On Facebook, you can find our Facebook page or group by searching Holiday Moons in the search bar. And you can contact us at any time at holidaymoons at gmail.com
2: So for Sydney, Beth,
4: Cole, and Randy, Happy, happy Halloween.
2: Halloween!
1: I was working in the lab late one light when my eyes beheld an eerie sight For my monster from his slab Began to rise And suddenly To my surprise He did the match. He did the monster match The monster match It was a graveyard smash He did the match. It got on in a flash He did the match. He did the monster match From my laboratory In the castle east To the master bedroom Where the vampires feast girls all came from their humble abodes to get a jolt from my electrode. They did the mash, they did the monster mash, the monster mash. It was a graveyard smash. They did the mash, it got on in a flash. They did the mash, they did the monster mash. Oh. The zombies were having fun. In a the party had just begun. In a the guests included Wolf. now everything's cool, Dracks a part of the band And my Monster Mash is the hit of the land For you the living, this mash was meant to When you get to my door, tell them what he sent you Then you can mash Then you can Monster Mash The Monster Mash And do my graveyard smash Then you can mash You'll catch on in a flash Then you can mash Then you can Monster Mash Man it is go you imposter boy man good my my